Welcome to the May 7th, 2020 episode of Blood Podcast, your source for innovative ideas and cutting-edge information. Our topics are based on articles published in Blood, a journal of the American Society of Hematology. Today, we'll review a report on a new mouse model with an enhanced ability to support human hematopoietic and tumor engraftment. Learn more about increased mTOR activation in idiopathic multicentric Castleman disease and assess the feasibility and efficacy of CD19-targeted CAR T-cells with concurrent ibrutinib for CLL. Our first topic examines data presented in the blood article entitled Establishment of a Human SERPA Knock-In Xenograft Mouse Model to Study Human Hematopoietic and Cancer Stem Cells by Fumiyaki Junuchi from Kyushu University Graduate School of Medical Sciences, Japan, and colleagues. For decades, researchers have focused on identifying barriers to human mouse engraftment in hopes of optimizing mouse strains capable of efficient engraftment and growth of human hematopoietic stem cells or cancer stem cells. In general, investigators have focused on preventing the rejection of human cells by the murine immune system. For example, T and B cells have been removed by introducing the SCID mutation or disrupting the RAG1 and RAG2 genes. In addition, depleting NK cells has been accomplished by disrupting the IL-2 receptor common gamma chain subunit or beta-2 microglobulin genes. Mice with these mutations are profoundly immunodeficient but allow significant long-term growth of human cells after xenotransplantation. Interestingly, it was empirically noted that the BALB-C and NOD strains of mice were more receptive to human cell xenotransplantation than other strains, such as C57 Black 6. Recently, the reasons that some strains of mice, such as the NOD strain, allow better transplantation of human cells were determined. According to the authors, the strain-specific genetic determinant of human hematopoiesis engraftment was a polymorphism of the signal regulatory protein alpha, or SERPA gene. SERPA is a transmembrane protein expressed on macrophages, which binds to the CD47 protein that is ubiquitously expressed. The binding of CD47 with SERPA mediates inhibitory signals for macrophages to prevent autophagocytic activities, commonly known as the don't-eat-me signaling. This binding is species-specific, and in some mouse strains, mouse SERPA cannot recognize human CD47, resulting in activation of mouse macrophages and graft rejection of human tissues. However, in the NOD mouse strain, there is a polymorphism in SERPA which allows moderate binding to human CD47, thereby reducing macrophage killing of human cells. However, CD47 SERPA signaling is also necessary to maintain normal hematopoiesis because homozygous SERPA knockout mice developed severe anemia and thrombocytopenia, thought to be due to either increased blood cell clearance from circulation and or by malformation of the hematopoietic niche. Janushi et al. hypothesized that biallelic knock-in of the full human SERPA gene into the mouse SERPA locus, rather than just removing the mouse gene, would further facilitate human engraftment. 
The resulting mice had macrophages that had high affinity for human CD47, suggesting that they would therefore fail to engulf and kill human cells. The macrophages also had moderate affinity for mouse CD47. The authors then created a C57 black 6, RAG2 null, IL2 receptor gamma chain null mouse with a homozygous human SERPA2 gene knock-in, which they called the BRGS human strain of mice. Interestingly, even 24 weeks after transplantation, the BRGS human mice showed high levels of sustained engraftment of human hematopoietic cells, were able to serially transplant hematopoietic cells to other mice, displayed higher myeloid reconstitution compared to other immunocompromised xenograft murine models, and did not develop anemia or thrombocytopenia. The investigators went on to show that primary samples from acute myeloid leukemia, or AML, and colon cancer patients could also easily engraft in BRGS human mice, validating the efficacy of this model in future research. Moreover, the authors found BRGS human mice to be more tolerant of radiation than NSG mice, which may mean the BRGS human strain would better endure cytotoxic chemotherapy and be a more resilient choice for preclinical investigation of anti-cancer agents. The key point of this study is that human SERPA knock-in mouse strain should be an ideal basic xenograft model to analyze hematopoiesis, leukemogenesis, and tumorigenesis. Ultimately, the evolution of these models could lead to a better understanding of the function of normal, malignant, and edited stem cells. Next up, we'll discuss evidence from the blood article entitled Increased mTOR Activation in Idiopathic Multicentric Castleman Disease by Daniel Arenas from Raymond and Ruth Perlman School of Medicine and colleagues. In this study, Arenas et al. focused on patients with idiopathic multicentric Castleman disease, or IMCD, a rare and poorly understood hematologic disorder involving episodic cytokine-induced lymphoproliferation. IMCD patients demonstrate characteristic lymph node histopathology, including dysmorphic germinal centers, expanded mantle zones, hypervascularity, and interfollicular plasmacytosis. Typically, patients with severe IMCD present with thrombocytopenia, anasarca, fever, fibrosis of bone marrow, renal dysfunction, organomegaly, and normal immunoglobulin level collectively known as the TAFRO subset. Some patients with IMCD present with a milder set of symptoms characterized by thrombocytosis and hypergammaglobulinemia and are referred to as IMCD, not otherwise specified. Idiopathic multicentric Castleman disease can be distinguished from unicentric Castleman disease, which can sometimes be cured by surgery, and another multicentric subtype caused by uncontrolled human herpes virus 8 infection, which is often treated with rituximab. Patients with IMCD typically have high levels of circulating cytokines, and the lymphoproliferation is thought to be driven by interleukin-6 in particular. As described in the report, about one-third of patients with idiopathic Castleman disease respond clinically to anti-interleukin-6 therapy with agents such as siltuximab, 
the only FDA-approved treatment for these patients. However, the limited understanding of IMCD etiology dysregulated cell types, signaling pathways, and other key cytokines has slowed development of novel therapeutics for anti-IL-6 non-responders. In a small preliminary study, the authors evaluated serum cytokine levels, serum proteomics, and immunohistochemistry of lymph nodes in three patients who were refractory to anti-IL-6 therapy. Interestingly, all three patients had evidence of increased activation of the PI3K mTOR signaling pathway and treatment with the mTOR inhibitor, or mTOR-I, serolimus, induced clinically beneficial responses. Based on this finding, the authors hypothesized that mTOR signaling is dysregulated in IMCD and is a candidate drug target. In an effort to test this theory, the team investigated mTOR signaling in a larger cohort of IMCD patients with appropriate controls. The authors used an immunohistochemical stain of lymph nodes for phospho-S6 as a marker for mTOR activation and compared 10 patients with IMCD with 5 patients who had a sentinel lymph node removed during surgery for breast cancer. The results demonstrated significantly increased mTOR activation in IMCD lymph node tissue compared to these controls. In a second part of the study, the authors compared the level of mTOR activation, again using phospho-S6 staining and some other markers of mTOR activity, in a second group of 10 patients with severe IMCD, with 6 patients with mild IMCD, 4 cases of HHV8-associated IMCD, and seven unicentric Castleman disease cases. Equivalent mTOR activation was found in all cases of multicentric Castleman disease, but not in the patients with unicentric Castleman disease. Additionally, mTOR activation in IMCD was increased compared to what was seen in reactive lymph nodes, lymph nodes from Hodgkin's lymphoma patients, and systemic lupus erythematosus patients. Also, the degree of mTOR activation in IMCD was similar to that seen in autoimmune lymphoproliferative syndrome, a disease known to be driven by mTOR hyperactivation and a disease that is known to be successfully treated with mTOR inhibitors. These results support mTOR as a therapeutic target in IMCD, which has led the authors to develop a clinical trial using serolimus in IMCD. In an accompanying commentary, John Colgan from University of Iowa noted that this report is an intriguing example of how trying to understand the response to a specific therapeutic, such as anti-IL-6 in this case, can lead to a better understanding of a disease which is otherwise lacking a genetic cause or an animal model. In fact, Patient sample analysis revealed the exciting possibility of using serolimus or other mTOR inhibitors as a treatment for IMCD. Now for a review of the report published in Blood entitled Feasibility and Efficacy of CD19-Targeted CAR T-Cells with Concurrent Ibrutinib for CLL after Ibrutinib Failure by Jordan Gauthier from the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center and the University of Washington and colleagues. In this thought-provoking report, Gauthier et al. present the results of a pilot study evaluating the safety and feasibility of administrating ibrutinib concurrently with anti-CD19 chimeric antigen receptor, 
or CAR T-cell therapy in relapsed or refractory chronic lymphocytic leukemia, or CLL. Previously, the authors reported durable responses in relapsed or refractory chronic lymphocytic leukemia patients treated with CD19-targeted chimeric antigen receptor-engineered T or CAR T-cell immunotherapy after ibrutinib failure. In that study, ibrutinib was discontinued prior to lymphodepletion chemotherapy. However, there are potential advantages to continuing ibrutinib through leukapheresis, lymphodepletion, and CAR T-cell immunotherapy. Continuation of ibrutinib could abrogate the rapid disease progression that can sometimes be seen after ibrutinib withdrawal and might mobilize CLL cells from lymph nodes into blood or marrow, sites that tend to be more responsive to CD19 CAR T-cells. Also, preclinical studies showed that ibrutinib could improve CAR T-cell anti-tumor efficacy and reduce cytokine release syndrome. To test this hypothesis, the investigators conducted a pilot study to evaluate the safety and feasibility of administering ibrutinib concurrently with CD19 CAR T-cell immunotherapy. The median number of prior therapies for these patients was 5, and 17 patients, equal to 89% of participants, had high-risk cytogenetics. Ibrutinib was planned to begin at least two weeks before leukapheresis and continue at least three months after CAR T-cell infusion. CD19 CAR T-cell immunotherapy with concurrent ibrutinib was well-tolerated. 13 patients, or 68%, received ibrutinib as planned without dose reduction. The investigators assessed minimal residual disease, referred to as MRD, on bone marrow at four weeks, following CAR-T infusion. The study enrolled 19 CLL patients. Four days after infusion, one patient died from a presumed ibrutinib-related cardiac arrhythmia during grade 2 cytokine release syndrome, or CRS. At the four-week time point, 15 of the remaining 18 patients had responded, with four patients achieving a complete response and 11 patients achieving a partial response using international CLL workshop criteria. 10 of 14 patients with extensive lymph node disease responded, of which there was one CR and 13 PRs. Remarkably, the investigators found that 11 patients had undetectable bone marrow disease, as measured by IGH sequencing, and one-year progression-free survival of the 18 evaluable patients was 38%, with an overall survival of 64%. The authors compared these results to 19 relapsed or refractory CLL patients that had been previously treated with similar chemotherapy and the same type of anti-CD19 CAR T-cells, but without concurrent ibrutinib. They found that the severity of the cytokine release syndrome was lower with concomitant ibrutinib than in the historical control group, but the previously reported high overall response rate and progression-free survival were equivalent. The patients receiving ibrutinib had also lower serum concentrations of CRS-associated cytokines, despite equivalent in vivo CAR T-cell expansion. The authors concluded that lymphodepletion chemotherapy followed by infusion of autologous T-cells engineered to express a CD19-targeted chimeric antigen receptor can lead to high response rates in relapsed or refractory B-cell malignancies. 
for a list of additional authors, as well as more detailed articles and commentaries on which this podcast is based, please go to www.bloodjournal.org. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Blood Podcast. Thank you for listening. The Blood Podcast series is made possible in part by support from Servier Pharmaceuticals.